Hello everybody and welcome to Life Made Better. We are still on holidays, but as I said last week, we do not want you to stop your progress or your journey. So we are bringing back another one of our catalogue titles. This time we are bringing back uh, one of our very early ones. I think this was number 20, which was called Sculpting the Brain. And the reason why we are doing this now is because, as we were saying uh, last week, being in lockdown or going through the, the times that we're going through right now presents in itself a great opportunity to kind of check in. And we are seeing a lot of people dedicating time to do more exercise, to get more outdoor time, especially now that we are in summer, which is great. But I don't think that many people have also realized that this is perfect time to get to know your brain a bit better. There are plenty of myths out there. One of them, uh, which is what we talk about in this episode, is that we all thought that our brain was developed when we were growing up, but once you've done that, it's kind of gone. But the truth is that that is not true. The brain can't be sculpted. You can continue to shift it and develop it and work with it in adult stages. And in fact, this is one of the most wonderful things that we can do. So I really encourage you to listen up to this episode and discover what are the things that you can do to help your brain work with you and help you develop and see the reality or see the world in a different world. It's also important to acknowledge and recognize that what we feed our brain, both mentally and physically, really does matter and can make a difference. Our thoughts do not determine us. And this is something that we can learn to adjust and work in our favor. So once more, we really encourage you to, to listen to these episodes to see what you can do during this time and help you be and feel better. And as always, if we can be of any help, if you're feeling that you could do with a helping hand, please do not sit in silence, do not suffer on your own, reach out. We are here for you. We would love to help you if we can. And if it's not us, please reach out to any friends, family members, any person that you would have around you that would be willing to help and listen because it really does make a difference. So enjoy the episode and see you next week, everybody. This is Life Made Better, a podcast from two coaches with a zest for not only their lives, but yours. In this series, Fleur and Lucia seek out tips, tools and exercises to inspire you to achieve your dreams and goals. Join us and let's make life better. Welcome back to 3Talk today. We are discussing the importance of sculpting your brain to live your best life. Since becoming a coach and dedicating myself to learning about how we can live a better life, the biggest headline or aha piece of knowledge I've learned is that our brain is neuroplastic. It's not fixed and we can change it. In the past, scientists believed that changes could only happen during childhood. Since the 1960s, researchers have found evidence that the brain is able to rewire itself. What does this mean for self-development and our lives? Our thoughts are not true. Our thoughts are normally recycled from other people and helpful and unhelpful experiences. In other words, we are victims of conditioning. If we change these thoughts and choose them carefully, these better thoughts make new neural pathways and become our way of thinking. In other words, you're not your brain. 
Neuroscientists have learned that you can separate unhealthy thoughts and re-sculpt your brain. Now, when I was doing this research, I was thinking one of the thoughts that has hindered me the most was when I first went to university. I had in my mind that I wasn't clever enough to go. And that didn't come from any evidence, academic evidence, because I'd always done really well at school. It came from the fact that my immediate family hadn't gone to university. They were self-made business people and they hadn't gone down the education route. So my thought was, I'm not smart enough for university. And that thought was not helpful because I always pushed myself beyond the limits, beyond a healthy boundary and would make me ill and led to unhealthy coping methods. Now, I know this wasn't true because I did get a 2-1 degree as well as working 20 hours plus a week because my parents didn't believe in helping me pay for university. But what we do as humans, if we have damaging thoughts, we will balance this with damaging coping methods. Lucia, have you ever had any unhealthy thoughts that you believe have not been helpful? Oh man, I think this is one for everybody, isn't it? We all have had these thoughts or thinking process that it doesn't help us whatsoever. In my case, for example, I think we touched base on this on some episodes in this podcast before. Um, I was working in the corporate world. I had a very stressful, demanding job and I kind of felt that I needed a break, but not just from the work. I felt that I needed a break from, you know, mid- midlife crisis, as they call it. It came to me a bit early and that wasn't healthy or helpful in itself. But also after I have realized that something needed to change there and I needed a break, I kind of started telling myself that I could not do it. And I started to list all the reasons why I couldn't do it. Like, you know, me being from Spain, kind of having this leap year is not something that it was practiced. Uh, Definitely not when I did it. So I was going against the world in that, in that sense. I had a really well-regarded job, so I started to think, how is that going to affect my working career and whether I was going to be able to get back into it or not? And I came up, as you can imagine, with all the reasons why I shouldn't be doing it, all the dangers of going and taking a break and traveling. But eventually, I kind of have a sit-down with myself, if you can picture that, and, you know... I started to see that what I was thinking was not helping me. In fact, it was making me feel more stressed about the situation because I started to think that I had no escape from it. And, you know, me and myself came to the conclusion that it was doable. It could be done. And I did it. And I cannot thank myself uh, enough for having the guts to have that proper conversation with myself and make the decision that in my heart and in my soul was very clear, but my brain was telling me not to. Yeah, so you had that gap year basically to kind of reconnect with yourself and get clear with your thoughts and what you wanted, which is so important. Mm -hmm. Today we're going to explain five habits that can help you sculpt your brain. I call them habits because to make something as automatic as cleaning your teeth or getting dressed, these tools need to be habitual. So the brain is reprogrammed to think healthy thoughts without having to consciously think about it. It becomes more authentic. The key is to make small incremental changes 
And these can make a huge difference over time. So the first one today is let thoughts come to the surface. Sometimes people are not aware of what their thoughts are. And that is why sitting in silence or doing mindfulness or meditation or going for a mindful walk and allowing your thoughts to come up but not interacting them with them is important. You can't reprogram them if you're not aware of them in the first place. Our thoughts are stereotyped or prejudiced. I'm attractive, I'm not attractive. They're not true. They could have come from TV, media, thoughts that are not ours. That is um, a very good one because I think we also live in this day and age where we just do, we just go. We are wired to perform and function. So for some of us, kind of stopping and thinking comes as an unnatural thing and it works the same for our brain. Our brain kind of goes with what we do and what we've told our you know, senses to do. And it won't feel natural in the first place, but I would encourage people to keep doing it, as you were saying, until it becomes a habit. Because when you actually stop and think and have a look, not even interacting, not judging it, not nothing, just observing the thought as it comes, it can become a such powerful exercise to do. And you can kind of see those patterns of the way you're thinking. And I think it's even worse in this day and age because as soon as we have a second, we're straight on our phones and looking for more information. So kind of just filling our time all the time instead of that stopping. And that is why they're saying there's absolutely more depression now because we're not having that downtime that our brain needs. So the second habit we're saying is make a decision. If you don't make a decision, you're not going to change. Decide exactly what you want to change. So decide that you want to change those neural pathways. Have reminders everywhere that you're committed to changing the thoughts. This could be on your phone, on your computer. It could be anywhere that, you, you know, a, a notebook that you open for work something you're going to see regularly and that will help you make that commitment because you have decided that you want to change the way you think. Yeah, if you think about this like, you know, creating your groceries list, right, or your to-do list, you put everything there to kind of be aware and bring the awareness of you need to buy milk. So this goes in the same way. It works similarly. When you write down that you need to be more aware of your thinking process or your thoughts, then you're bringing that to your attention. So it's great if you can set yourself reminders, whatever it is that you're looking you know, more frequently, to, for this to become something that you do just regularly until it just becomes something that you just do. Yeah, I mean, I think people plan an outfit for a night out more than they plan what they want to think, what they want to feel and kind of the way their life should be led. And again, that's looking for that approval outside of ourselves instead of really digging deep to what decisions do we want to make on a daily basis that are going to change our lives. Mm, absolutely. So the third habit is to ask, is this true? Tell yourself the truth. This is not positive thinking. It's part of sculpting your brain. So for example, positive thinking could be, I'm going to eat what I want, I'm going to eat as much junk and processed food, um, and I'll be beautiful and healthy anyway. Yes, you might have a beautiful soul, but you will not be healthy if you eat what you want. So this will lead to disease, lack of energy, and a healthy body. So the difference is between positive thinking and sculpting your brain is you're being 
honest with yourself. So there was a longevity Stanford study where they looked at 1,500 10-year-old children and it started in 1921 and it went on for 90 years and they were trying to figure out what was important for success and longevity and the don't worry, be happy people, so just being positive, made bad choices for their health and well-being and died the earliest from accidents and preventable illnesses. The people that lived the longest were the conscientious. They told themselves the truth. For example, if I smoke, I will damage my lungs. This is a prefrontal cortex decision. Your prefrontal cortex is so important in brain health because that's what we need to make good decisions. A decision center is where our logic comes from. It's where our empathy comes from. So this is really important. So ask yourself, whenever you think a thought that makes you feel mad, sad, nervous, around, etc., ask yourself, is it true? And then you say, is this absolutely true? Where would you be without this thought? So you put in the opposite thought. Some people call this reframing. This is based on the work of Byron Katie. Her book is amazing. It's called Loving What Is. And you can also watch her using her methods on YouTube. And it's, the methods are called The Works. So I'm going to give you an example. Uh, I'll tell you a story that happened yesterday of one of my daughters. She came to me and said, She'd woken up in the night with a headache, so she didn't go to school first thing. And she came to me and said, I don't want to go to school because it's going to be embarrassing. Um, everyone's going to make fun of me. And I said, is that thought true? She looked confused. And I said, where, where are the facts that this is absolutely true, that everyone will make fun of you? She said, I haven't got any. But I think that will be the case. And I said, well, where would you be with that, that thought? What's the opposite thought? What about everyone will be pleased to see that I've actually come in today? And she said, I would feel happy. And then I said, well, choose that thought then, because that is the better thought. Now, does that kind of make sense, Lucia? It does make sense. And again, I think we are programmed to just take the things as they are and not question them. Broadly speaking, like, you know, it's that think about the times that somebody has come to you with gossip, right? And you just believed it instead of question, oh, really? I don't think this person will do X, Y, and Z. You just believe because if somebody's saying it, it's got to be true. So the thoughts work in the same way. A thought comes and you just take it, take it for granted. If I'm thinking it, it must be true. But the minute that you start evaluating this and questioning it and put it against the, the light bulb, as you know, as the policeman would do, then the truth starts to come through. And I think this is something that we were mentioning in our episode called um, letting go is one of the techniques that you can apply here is try to remove the attachment to that thought rather than making it you know a wholehearted truth because the truth is it isn't so when you start to remove the feeling the emotion the outcome from the actual thing that is happening then all of a sudden this fact becomes less so and is something that you can work with is something that you can transform into believing and shape as you need yeah i remember watching byron katie um actually helping a mother whose child was a drug addict and she said to the mom what is hurting you and she said that he doesn't care about me and he doesn't care about himself and she said is that true and she said, yes, it is. And she said, is that absolutely true? 
And she said, well, no, when he's not taking drugs, he does come and um, do my shopping for me. He does come around and see me. So she said, where would you be without that thought? What's the opposite thought? That he, he loves me and he loves himself, but he's an addict. And she said, well, from that thought, you can help him. But from the thought that he hates you, he, does not, he doesn't care about you and he doesn't care about himself, it's making you angry. And that anger means that you can't help him. So that's the way of kind of flipping the thought. And it's a really good question to place ourselves, which I think leads very nicely to the fourth habit, which is about refocusing. And this is mentioned in Rebecca Gladin's book, You Are Not Your Brain. She is a leading psychiatrist. And basically this tells us that when a bad thought you make in the brain, it does go into your neural system and it gets associated with you know, the association is much stronger. So instead of trying to focus on this but thought, try and focus in on, you know, an alternative version of this but thought. If you can, try flipping it and making it more positive. Or there are times that, you know, maybe talking with somebody else, a friend, work colleagues, a coach if you have it, and specialists, whatever it is, it helps you reframing this thought because you're shedding a different light. You're having a new, a fresh pair of eyes on it and they can help you see the truth for what it is, as we were saying on the step before. So yeah, try to divert your focus and your attention to what comes immediately to you, to what you can think after. Yeah, so, you know, sometimes, so you don't strengthen it, refocus by not, not focusing on it so it might be time to do some work do some learning exercise walk the dog have a cuddle do something that makes you laugh or is enjoyable creative whatever it is as long as you're not continually focusing on the problem because that will strengthen those neuro pathways it does and for example this is something that we do at home uh, we've got two little ones and uh, the oldest, she's three years old. And we have started to ask her, instead of like, you know, how was your day today? We have started to ask her what was the best part of today? So her brain starts to look for the positives or the good things that have happened to her. And also to kind of like, you know, get more out of her than a simple thing like, yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah, it's specific. And yeah, they've shown that in the, all the recent brain scanning that they can do now, that if people are doing these kind of grateful lists morning and night, they are retraining the brain to look for the good. And that is always going to make you be more energized and helps your brain to be more healthy. Another good tip is uh, to refocus is every night ritual, what went well today just before you go to sleep. Because when we dream, that's actually our brain's attempt to make sense of what could otherwise be meaningless stimuli. So hence, it's a good ritual to end with. So you will be assisting in the rewiring just as you're sleeping. And you will wake up feeling, you know, better because you would have gone to bed thinking about, you know, the, the more positive outlooks of your day. So that kind of sits within your brain. And so you wake up with a better attitude. Yeah, and that's a tiny little tip that everyone could start tomorrow is start every day with this is going to be a good day. This helps resculpture in the brain because your unconscious mind will look for this evidence instead of saying, oh, I'm tired. It's going to be an awful day. Just trick your brain right from the beginning and just say, this is going to be a good day today. 
and that is a, a really valuable tool it gives you a chance another one which is the fifth habit that uh, you could do is revalue which kind of plays on a couple of concepts that we've said before because revalue is all about questioning as we were saying on step three but kind of bringing it to your value levels like when somebody tells you something or you think something that perhaps is imposed by a third third party or third player start thinking like do we really care about this does this really align or disalign with my values Am I bothered by this at all? And if so, then if not, move on from this thought. You're, kind of, you're able to park it much easier than if you, were, if you kind of took it for granted or took it as a truth because you start thinking, how can I solve this problem or is this going to be playing more negatively in my life rather than actually saying, you know what? Yeah, this may be something that is important to you or bothers you, but actually it doesn't really bother me. I'm okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to give an example that I used to be very focused on what clothes I wore because of being judged by other people. But when I really thought about it, I thought this isn't really one of my values. I value learning, kindness, family, connection. So why am I obsessing about what I look like? And I think this came from conditioning. My mum, my nana were always very interested in what clothes they're wearing, how their hair was. And it was a big conversation around the kitchen table. And I think it is easy to pick up other people's values without even realizing it. And if you're spending time obsessing about thoughts that aren't really in your values, you haven't got time to focus on the things that are important to you. And then that gives you that feeling of not living your best life. And that again is is draining and it's not helping sculpt your brain for healthy thoughts and a healthy relationship with your thoughts. Just ask yourself, is it me or is it somebody else's? And if it's the latter, then you've got your answer. So I would like to leave you with this thought from Deepak Chopra. Before everything you do, eat, say, ask, is this good for my brain? You do the right thing, not because you should, but because you love yourself or others and you're motivated to do the right thing. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have some new useful habits to use, remember to start small. Always start small. You'll feel overwhelmed if you try to implement too many new habits. And remember, when you hold on to unhelpful thoughts, you are really poisoning yourself. If you find your thoughts are sabotaging your life, try the methods mentioned or do talk to a professional. Always go to a recommended coach, therapist or psychologist. You can re-sculpt the brain, but sometimes people do need extra support. Don't judge yourself. Please subscribe and review us on iTunes so we keep delivering this free content. The books mentioned will be in the episode notes. Have a lovely week. Keep learning, loving and sculpting that brain and we'll be back with another interesting topic next week.